there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another episode of T4C. If you're a legal junkie who reads SCOTUS or the Lawfare blog for fun, or if you think you might want to become a lawyer or a legal professor, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is an author of two cutting-edge books and is one of the 20 most cited law professors in judicial opinions today. But before I introduce you to Professor Adam Winkler, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's Time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays to give you a sneak peek inside the episodes and the guests we're going to be featuring that week. And it is super easy to do. Just go to the Time for Coffee website at time4coffee.org and the sign up box is right there. And while you're on the homepage, I want to invite you to scroll down a little bit where you'll see a whole bunch of boxes organized by career. So if you're interested in the environment and energy, just click on that box. Or if you're passionate about healthcare or higher education and teaching, then just click on those boxes. There are dozens of career options to choose from and hundreds of professionals episodes that you can binge on. Now, my friends, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Professor Adam Winkler, who's a specialist in American constitutional law, the Supreme Court, and gun policy. And he's a professor of law at UCLA Law School. His latest book, We the Corporations, How American Businesses Won Their Civil Rights, was published in 2018 and was a finalist for the National Book Award, the National Book Critics Circle Award, the American Bar Association's Legal Gavel Award, the California Book Award, and received the Scribes Award. He is also author of Gunfight, The Battle Over the Right to Bear Arms in America, published in 2011, which won no awards, but was the subject of a question on the popular game show Jeopardy. We'll have to ask him about that. In addition to writing in all of the top newspapers, he's also a frequent commentator about legal issues and has appeared on various television news programs. Professor Winkler, Adam, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am. I just had a little cappuccino, so I'm ready. Awesome. Great. Well, I want to let our listeners know if they want to learn more about you, what you do as a law professor at UCLA Law School, and how you built your career and written all these books, they should check out the show notes for this episode to see if your main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped. But for now, we're going to get into our 10 espresso shots. The first question being, what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into the legal field? Well, if one wants to be a lawyer, the entry-level jobs do generally require that you have a JD degree. So it's important to go get a law degree before you can become a lawyer. For someone who is still considering whether they want to be a lawyer, the best entry-level jobs tend to be as paralegals, law firms, or on the staff 
of a legislator or lawmaker in your community or in Washington. For someone who wants to be a law professor, the entry-level jobs are generally jobs that require some amount of teaching, such as either an entry-level tenure-track job at a university or a fellowship for someone who is preparing scholarship but isn't yet ready to join the full-time ranks of law professors. Great. What about a useful skill or skills that you've looked for over the years in the young people that you hire? Well, the young people that I've been involved in hiring are all law professors. So with regards to law professors, the most useful skill or skills that we look for is the ability to be a good and insightful writer and scholar and to be a good speaker in public, able to communicate with students in the classroom. Absolutely. What about life experiences, Adam? What, in your own experience, do you think are the most useful ones for someone to have starting out in this field? Well, I think for life experiences, in general, having exposure to how the world works is helpful to being a scholar. Too much scholarship these days is just pie in the sky, ivory tower stuff. But increasingly, we want people who are going to get down and dirty with the facts. So having a good background in various educational areas from statistics to historical research or legal research might be really helpful. But those tend to be skills. In terms of life experiences, it's really just someone who's been exposed to the world, understands how the law works, and someone who's had interaction with the law themselves or through their families often can be the best person to analyze some legal issue. Do you think it helps, you mentioned somebody who's had interactions with the law, do you think it helps if they've either gotten in trouble with the law, been involved in a lawsuit? Would those kinds of experiences be useful to someone? They can be useful to someone to understand the ins and outs of how the law works. One of the best life experiences that we look for in hiring law professors is someone who has clerked on a federal court or clerked for a state Supreme Court judge. And the idea here is that seeing how the law works from the inside of a judge's chambers gives someone unusually sharp insight into how the law really works in practice. What about someone's major, and this is in undergrad, is it a deciding factor to get into your field? In other words, if they haven't studied, I don't even know what the right major would be, frankly, as an undergrad, is that a deal breaker? There is no one undergraduate degree that you need to have to become a law professor, but you do need to have a graduate degree. You do need to have generally a JD degree. Sometimes we hire someone without a JD degree if they have a PhD in a particular area. So for us, you can have a chemistry major, a political science major, history major, public policy major. It doesn't matter what your undergraduate major is, but you do have to have a graduate degree that does focus you on legal issues. And while you did get your legal degree at NYU's law school, You also have an additional master's degree in political science on American political development from UCLA. How common is it for law professors to get additional degrees beyond their legal degree? 
it's becoming increasingly common. If we went back 30 or 40 years, it would be uncommon. And basically, almost everyone who got hired as a law professor would simply have a JD degree and maybe a little bit of experience practicing law or clerking on a court. However, we've sort of entered what we call the money ball era of legal hiring in academia, which is we don't just want to see someone with a good resume. We want to see someone with a real record, a track record of scholarship, people who are writing scholarship, a good scholarship that we can judge and then determine whether that person's going to be a promising scholar or not. And generally, a little extra graduate work, such as a master's degree like I had or a PhD that one might go pursue, provides one the opportunity to do the kinds of scholarship that you need to get a good job now as a law professor. And are there particular kinds of master's degrees that they should be looking to get? Well, it's important that the graduate degree be one that helps advance the cause of scholarship that's relevant to law. So for instance, if someone came to teach at a law school and wanted to get a job at UCLA where I teach, but they had a PhD in, I don't know, mythology or something that doesn't have any clear connection to the law, then it really wouldn't be that helpful. Chemistry, for instance, someone who's a doctor wouldn't necessarily have the kind of experience that we're really looking for to teach the law. That might be an exception, of course, if we were talking about medical malpractice, in which case that extra graduate degree might be helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is the best part for you of being a law professor? Humorously, my answer would be the three best things of being a law professor are June, July, and August, uh, the, <laughs> okay. three months, the three months that I don't have to teach and that I have to work on my scholarship and that my time is my own. You know, uh, my mother told me to stay in school and it was a good idea because you still get nice long summer breaks. More seriously, I think the best part about my job is the idea to pursuing scholarship and uh, taking my ideas and promoting them and letting other people see them and help to shape how people understand important legal problems, such as the issues that I've written on in my books, like guns and the Second Amendment, or corporate power and the Constitution. Yes. But I'm guessing that there's a flip side to all of this as well. What is the part of your current job as a professor at UCLA Law School that sucks the most? Well, grading exams is definitely the low light of every law professor's life. Some undergraduate professors don't have to grade their own exams. They have TAs. But in law school, the norm is for the professors to grade the exams themselves. And so at the end of every semester, I get a huge stack of exams where students have written tons of words that I have to go and grade. And it can be a little bit boring and repetitive to read 80 answers to the exact same question. But like I say, it's generally followed by June, July, and August, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> Living for the summer. <laughs> so Adam, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? I think there's two pieces of career advice that I really take seriously. When I was an entry-level person, just looking to get a job, the best advice that I got was when I go for interviews to be extremely attentive. As one person said, and I don't think it was just metaphorically, sit on the edge of your seat. Be very present. 
some people sit back and let the interview come to them. But the idea was, no, that you need to assert some control over the agenda of your initial interview. That is to say, the interviewer is going to ask the questions, but you're providing the answers. and Those answers provide you the way to highlight your strengths and the reasons why you should be hired. So an interview is not a passive process, but an active one. And then the second piece of advice is for someone a little bit later in their career that I find today most useful. One of my mentors said, just say no. And that is to mean that you'll get invited to do too many things and people will want your time too much. If you want to stay focused on what's important to you, you have to learn to say no to people who want to take your time and energy away from your main projects. Well, thank you for not saying no to my request to come on time for coffee. I'm especially appreciative. Two final time for coffee questions. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows, or fiction books do you think accurately depict your profession? Well, I don't know that there's any great movie or book that I'm aware of that really does a terrific job of capturing my profession, in part because being a law professor is not a very exciting job in the sense that there's not a lot of controversy or conflict. But, you know, the most famous movie is The Paper Chase. And although it captures what law school was really like and what law professors were really like 30 years ago or 40 years ago, not quite accurate today. Law school is much more user-friendly than it was back in the day for the students. But nonetheless, I think that movie, The Paper Chase, does accurately capture the pressures of law school, how demanding it is intellectually and uh, even physically because of the amount of work that you have to do and the hours you have to study, and also captures the way in which a law professor tries to motivate a student body to be interested in issues that in a class of 120, there was always going to be some who are not that interested. So I'm guessing you must have gone to law school Right around the time Paper Chase, maybe not that it came out, but it was certainly somewhat of a modern movie at that time. Yes, I think that's right. Uh, it, it had come out before I had applied to law school, for sure. But it was one of those movies that I saw when I wanted to become a law professor, just so I'd understand the mythology of the law professor. And you still decided to go into it? Oh, yeah, it's a great job. What did you mean when you said that law school is more user-friendly today? Well, there used to be an idea that law professors were there to sort of, I don't know, abuse students, if you will, to really be extremely tough on them as a way of trying to toughen up the students. And so it's not unusual for me to hear the stories that my older colleagues tell about when they were in law school and how professors used to make people stand up and they would try to embarrass the student and try to make the student cry. And the idea was that, oh, when you get out there, judges are often very harsh and clients can be very harsh and you need to learn to deal with that. I think that academia in general, and certainly law professors, just don't operate under that same model so much anymore, that we recognize students are kind of consumers. And if they're not really happy, then they're going to give us bad reviews, and we won't be able to really communicate the way we want to. So I think we've kind of learned over the years that better communication is a way to get the ideas across rather than through the exertion of power and hierarchy. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of relief among our young listeners knowing that. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession, Adam? I think the most surprising thing that people would find about my profession is how little teaching I actually have to do. 
you know, I think people think that if you're a professor, you must do a lot of teaching. But today's universities, the main universities in America are research institutions where their number one goal is not to educate students, but to promote and develop research so that we can have a better understanding of what the world is like today. So when I think about my job responsibilities, I think number one, scholarship, number two, teaching, whereas I think most people think of a professor as primarily a teacher, but not today in the research universities. Interesting. Well, look, we are going to dive more into what you do with your time on the job at UCLA Law School in our main interview. I want to thank you so much, Professor Adam Winkler, for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. Adam's latest book is entitled We the Corporations, How American Businesses won their civil rights. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.